Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Kathy Kay, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Thursday, May 5th, 2016. Uh, everybody please mute. Sorry. Today we are reading from the big book, and we are on page 60, uh, the third paragraph that begins our description of the alcoholic, the chapter to the agnostic, and so on. Um, today's readers are Amanda R. on the 12 Steps, Naomi B. on the 12 Traditions, and reading the text are Dion R., Alice M., and Diana B. The reference number for yesterday, Wednesday, May 4th, is 8715. OA Preamble, Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a vision for you, big book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Amanda R. to read our 12 steps of OA. Good morning. This is Amanda R., Recovering Compulsive Overeater in Maine. One. We admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continue to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation 
to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive readers and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thanks, I pass. Thank you, Amanda R. And I will now ask Naomi B. to read our 12 traditions. Thank you, Kathy. Good morning, my family. This is Naomi B., a grateful recovered compulsive overeater outside Philadelphia. The 12 traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God, as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to compulsive overeaters who still suffer. Six, an OA group would never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise. These problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issue, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public, public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communications. Twelve, anonymity is our spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you for allowing me to service, and I pass. Thank you, Naomi B. Um, A gentle reminder, I hear some background noise. Would you all please check and make sure you're muted by pressing star one? Thank you very much. I hear kitchen noise, actually. Please mute. Thank you. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinent requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star 1 to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star 1 to mute your phone. 
In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today we resume our study of the big book on page 60, the third paragraph, beginning our description of the alcoholic. And I will ask Dion R. to read that paragraph. Thank you, Dion. Good morning, Kathy. Hi, my name is Dion Orr. I'm compulsive overeater, recovered. Our description to the alcoholic, the chapter to the agnostic, and our personal adventures before and after make clear three pertinent ideas. The A, we were alcoholics and could not manage our own lives. B, that probably no human power could we leave our alcoholism, and see that God could and would if he were sought. Um, and what I get from reading that paragraph, again, um, Dion R., a recovered compulsive overeater, is first the thing I had to admit that I was a compulsive overeater because I fought it for many years. But like they said in here, the description, yes, those about Bill's story, Chapter 2, The Agnostic, our personal adventures before and after, things that happened to me before uh, coming to uh, the 12th step and realizing that I was a compulsive overeater. All my adventures, everything I tried, all the diets, all the, the uh, even praying, even everything I tried to uh, to uh, stop and manage all my, my life, myself. I thought I could do it by myself and... Uh, I had to make complete defeat. And to me, just to say, hey, wow, I do have a problem. That was step one. That's that's what I get out of A. It's like that was step one for me. And then um, B, probably no human power could relieve my alcoholism or compulsive overeating. I couldn't um, get help from a doctor. Any, I tried. <laughs> tried getting uh, human power help, you know, doctors and pills and all of a sudden, it never worked, you know, and uh, uh, I tried, you know, everybody's suggestion, just do this, just push away, uh, uh, just moderate. I tried all those human power advices, and I couldn't, could not do that. I had to admit, that, no, I have to, it has to be something outside of me, and that, that, that power at the beginning um, uh, to get me to help me realize that I was a compulsive overeater was uh, outside of me was a person and my own adventures. But when I tried to have them to help me to uh, to relieve the compulsive overeating, even they had to make complete defeat. So you know, I realized no human power could be relieve it, and only relief I got is is uh, uh, when I uh, admitted to myself, uh, hey. It has to be something outside of me, larger me. And I like that person. No human power could relieve my alcoholism or my compulsive overeating. Uh, none at all. So I sought for a power um, greater than me. I wouldn't necessarily believe it, but I tried it. They said, just do it. You could be fake about everything else. Why can't you try, you know, to have a, try to believe and ask this power outside of you, who you're angry at, <laughs> to relieve your uh, compulsive overeating. And then see that God could and would if he was sought. I realized I had to have the willingness to to do what God wanted me to do. I had to admit complete defeat. I, I can't do it, God. Please help. I remember begging and 
in uh, even before and many ventures over throughout the years. But I remember somebody said, you know, just fake it. I mean, just act, uh, thank him, like thank him until you get it. And I thought that was so ludicrous. And she, you can be fake about everything else. Why couldn't you, you know? <laughs> so I tried it. You know, I just said it again. I got thank you God for my first it was my athlete. Now, thank you God for my athlete. I had to get, I had to put the food down. And when I did that, I was able, through uh, the grace of God, uh, uh, do whatever was willing to do whatever He wanted me to do because. My experiences of trying to do it my way never worked. And I'm glad it didn't because <laughs> I found a life and a, a power greater than me that I could tap into at any time. And, and no matter what situation I'm going through, and it feels good, you know, that I'm not doing this alone. And thanks to Vision for you and people uh, on the line that uh, you let me know that we can do what I can never do alone. With that, I'll pass. And thanks for allowing me to share. Thank you, Deanna R. Who would like to share on this paragraph? Vivian M. Vivian S. Charles H. Okay, here's Vivian M. Jane Melissa C. Charles H. Melissa C. Mary K. Sue G. Mary K. Okay, I think I may have missed somebody. Let me read you who I have. Vivian M, Jane S, Charles H, Melissa C, Sue G, and Mary K. Sally. Sally. It was Kim G, not Sue G. Oh, sorry, Kim. Okay. Okay, let's start with those. Um, Vivian M, please go ahead. Hey, thank you. Good morning. Thank you for your service. Vivian M, a compulsive reader in Vermont, and. what I got from this is, you know, over the years, I, I don't know how many times I may have read this book and I never heard what it was saying because I was either too blocked or I was in the food or I was too stubborn, whatever. There were just so many reasons why I was just not hearing it. And you know what I'm hearing is, my gosh, they're saying the same thing in this book over and over and over again. And why do I have to hear it over and over again? Because I don't hear things, that's why. Because unless it's drilled into my head over and over and over again, the same thing that I hear does not get through this big head of mine because I just am someplace else. I'm either fighting it or um, for whatever reasons. I can go through a litany of reasons why I don't hear it. And they know, these people, these people who started this, our forefathers of this program, knew that we don't hear, at least I don't. And so they wrote this over and over again to remind me. They're like, now they're outlining for me what they're saying to make it even clearer, A, B, C. They're telling me even clearer what it is that I need to do to grasp this concept that I have no power, I have no control over food or anybody else for that matter except my my own choices. No human power could have this control, which I always look for human powers, diets, or somebody to save me. Um, and God could and would if he were sought. I needed to find something bigger than I was, whatever that concept is in my mind. And I always thought it had to be a concept that somebody else had. Or I didn't even take it that far to tell you the truth. I just thought, you know, what? where am I going to find this? You know, I, I just didn't even have a clue. And so they're telling me again, just in case, maybe just in case I haven't heard it yet up to page 60, let me tell you once again what we've been saying so far in this book. 
So I'm really grateful to hear this. I hate need to hear it repeated over and over again. Now I really understand the saying, keep coming back. It works if you work at all these things that I hear in the rooms that I didn't pay much attention to. There's a reason for it then because uh, we, I, need, I need to keep coming back. I need to hear the repetitiveness. I need to hear what other people have done so I can glean from them their experience and their recovery so I can get on this, this, this wonderful fellowship and be a part of it and, and pass it on to other people as I get my recovery. So I'm really grateful to be here this morning and uh, with that I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Vivian M. And Jane S. will be next, and then Charles H. Go ahead, Jane. Um, hi, am I unmuted? Yes, you are. Okay, hi, Jane S. from Pennsylvania. Um, gratefully recovered. Um, I just wanted to comment on that point A, that uh, we were compulsive overeaters and could not manage our own lives. And to be honest, a little uh, nervous to say what I'm going to say because I'm afraid that you know it might be judged as an outside issue. But it, this was really important for me, and uh, um, it just when we read it, it popped in my head. And uh, I, uh, there may be others who um, struggle with this. I, I know. Um, I had the idea that you know my I was unmanageable with food for a really long time, um, and uh, I wasn't getting the recovery that I wanted. Part of it was because I hadn't discovered the twelve steps as I found in the big book. But another big thing in the way was for a lot of years I was not admitting. I mean, my disease is disease of addiction, and that addiction can manifest itself with a lot of different things. Um, Some of them I found early on, food, alcohol, but there were other ones that I was hanging on to and was saying, oh, no big deal, no big deal, and uh, would would use these things to check out, you know, with with feelings. And um, I didn't want to look at that. And so that is another really important thing that has happened in my process that uh, I finally was able to admit, you know, I am an addict, not just a compulsive eater. I have these other things I can use too. And, you know, they all make my life manageable. And as long as I am trying to hang on to any of them, um, I am blocked. And, um, so that was very, very eye-opening when I finally got really uh, honest about the one thing I was really hanging on to. And uh, that, you know, opened the door five years ago. And then, you know, the food got better. I found um, uh, Vision, the big book, and, uh, you know, life is really good. So uh, that's all I got. And have a good day, everyone. Uh, thank you very much. Jane, uh, Leah, I'm going to ask you to mute the line, please, and then we'll continue with Charles H. Thank you. Okay, Charles, are you there? I'm here. Thank you, Kathy K., for your um your service and your spirituality, you know, we, we, we don't, we, we give you a hard time, man. And you just so spiritual. I love you like cook food, healthy <laughs> cook food. <laughs> so Charles, 
So Charles H. a recovered compulsive overeater just for today. And for me right here, this reminds me of Michael Jackson. A, B, C, simple as do, re, me, one, two, three, right? And um, these are conclusions. Like, I just want to drill down where it says the chapter to the agnostics. Um, so, Charles, you still think you could do this alone, even if you say you're recovered? Can't do this alone, because if, if I could, I wouldn't be on this line right now. I wouldn't be tr sponsoring people. I wouldn't be turning my food over to my sponsor and sponsees. I can't do this alone. So um, these conclusions, like <laughs> I still, we're going to read, um, we're going to read a little bit after this, being convinced we're at step three. One, two, three, every day, ABC, it's a simple open book test. You know, my life's unmanageable, so I gotta I gotta let you know about what I'm what I'm putting in my mouth. There's two things I gotta worry about. What goes in my mouth and what comes out of it. Um the second thing is that that uh I need a no human power, right? And you know what? For me, um I want I, I you know what my goal is too? Yeah, to help other people, but I wanna sponsor somebody that we don't have the same faith. And even when I do that, I have not arrived, but I want to do that because, you know, I talk to a lot of people in program. They're like, you know what? I'm Jewish. All I do is sponsor Jewish people. So, so when, the, when, the, when, when the Passover comes, y'all don't have to talk. You don't have to help. How you living in 10, 11, and 12? Again, that's not my business, but I'm just saying, I want to sponsor somebody that has a different faith than I have. And I ain't got to tell you what my faith is. I just got some faith, and I and I and, and I and I have faith in this program. I got faith in this process, and I got faith that it's yeah, it's difficult to make the decision because I want to hold on to what I want to hold on to. But when I let go, right, and acceptance, you know, I dare a newcomer to read that chapter. Acceptance is the key. It is the key. The whole the whole chapter is good because you know what? Sometimes I don't like my wife, and but but I love her because. You know, when I was in that crack house, man, she gave me a meal and said, I don't, I don't like you, don't touch me, but here you go. And I remember that like 10 years ago, right? And even though she get on my nerves today, she helped me when I was at my lowest point. And today I could be there for somebody else because of these three pertinent ideas, A, B, C, easy as one, two, three, and that's what they are. And, and, and I make that decision every single day. I'm convinced that I'm powerless without you guys. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Kathy Kay. <clears throat> Thanks, Charles H. Uh, Melissa C., please go ahead. Hi. Good morning. It's Melissa C., a recovered compulsive overeater in New York. And, um, you know, these three... My life was unmanageable, you know, and that... Um, I understood, you know, real quick, I, it was not a big, um, it was not hard for me to see that my food was unmanageable. I got that, you know, um, that I, I really understood. I had a lot of evidence about that, but I didn't really get that my life was unmanageable. I, I thought that my unmanageability was my weight, you know, was um, that I didn't find the right diet yet, and that's really what, you know, seems like it was unmanageable, and, um, but it was my life, you know, it, it's 
no um, mistake that I couldn't control how much food I was shoving down my throat because everything around me felt too too great and too big. And, um, you know, last week um, my car died. And, um, you know, those were the, the little, those are the daily things that felt huge when I was suffering, when I was in this disease. My car breaking down was, you know, the perfect excuse to go crazy, whether it was with food or with rage or anything. And, um, you know, I, I'm thinking about it this morning because I was actually on the phone, hands-free at the time, um, with someone from this fellowship, and in the middle of the intersection, my car died. And um, I am an entirely different person today. And you know, I was calm. I was relaxed. I, you know, I did exactly what needed to be done. Powerless to those situations, um, you know, and that's just a, an analogy because that's my entire life. Um, God and God could and would if He sought, not if He found. You know, that was the part that that tripped me up at the beginning. Well, I thought I had to find Him first. I thought I had to really have a clear understanding: what is God, and then then it'll work. But it's just seek to actually be actively looking. And um, thank you. With that, I'll pass. Thank you, Melissa C. And Kim G., please go ahead. Good morning, Kathy. Good morning, all. My name is Kim G., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from South Jersey. And ABC, you know, it puts it very simplistically, but I have to say, if we haven't read the first part of the book, this doesn't make any sense to us because we're, we're not going to look at it the way that the book is presenting it, so that we were alcoholic and could not manage our own life. You know, that doesn't mean how overweight you are or how underweight you are or how many times you throw up a day. It's asking, do you believe that you have an allergy, which is a permanent disability, and do you believe you have a mind that will always convince you to eat the foods that you're going to overeat? Do you believe your life is unmanageable, drunk or sober? If you just believe you're, you're unmanageable when you're in the food, then abstinence would be the answer to that. There's probably no human power. I mean, that's all step two is there's a conclusion that you need power. It's not the idea that you have to believe in a God and accept a God and define a God. It's your beyond human power. And for me personally, being in the rooms for 17 years, I had to recognize that the fellowship couldn't be my higher power. My sponsor couldn't be my higher power. Why? Because they're letting me know that I'm beyond human power and the fellowship is a, is a human power, that my sponsor is a human power. They can support me, but they can't change me. But the big one for me is that God could and would if he were sought. You know, I really thought step three was that I get up in the morning, I treat God like Santa Claus, and I tell him all the things I want for that day. You know, I want to tell him what to do, when to do, how to do it, with who to do it. And then if he didn't do it the way I wanted to, then I was going to, quote, unquote, take my will back. You know, we're going to be told in these pages that the first requirement is we quit playing God. And what I found was for myself, step three was playing God. I was telling God what to do. That's what I thought turning your will over was, giving God this laundry list of things I wanted to do. And the fact of the matter is I can't turn my will over in step three. I don't know how to do that. It would be a three-step program if I could. What step three is, is the decision, understanding that me managing my own life, drunk or sober, is a total mess, that I'm making a decision to learn how to do that. And I can't do that till step 10 and 11. So I can't even go from step three to step 10 because how do I do step 10? 
and 11 step 10 is doing four through nine. So how can I go from even step three to step 10 if I don't know the skill set yet? So this is the decision to learn how to turn my life on my will, to go through four through nine, to learn that skill set so that I can then in step 10 and 11 employ that skill set on a daily basis. You know, I heard one say, how do you know you did step three? Because you started step four. If you've never started step four, you've never done step three. I spent years doing the OA waltz. One, two, three, one, two, three, one, two, three. And let me tell you the results of that dance. One, two, three, relapse. One, two, three, relapse. One, two, three, relapse. So all step three is is the decision to speak that power. Are you willing to take the actions that are required after you make that decision? And with that, I pass. Thank you, Kim G. Uh, Mary Kay, please go ahead. This is Raquel. Whenever you can get me in, I'd be grateful. Okay, Raquel. Go ahead, Mary Kay. Good morning, everyone. This is Mary Kay, uh, grateful, recovered, not cured, compulsive overeater just for today, calling from upstate New York in the western part. Um, I was actually in line um, to be a reader yesterday and, and um, the never got to this paragraph, so I'm happy to, to get back to it today. Um, thank you for that opportunity. Our personal adventures before and after. I love the fact that Bill's a teacher, and he's also a great writer, because again, he started with a review, our description of the alcoholic, the chapter of the agnostic, and our personal adventures before and after with the with the three ideas, the one, two, three. Um, but the personal adventures before and after. Personal adventures reminds me of what we've learned through through these words and that we, we're not to regret the past. Um, and, and, and they were, you know, I, I have a, a, a line in a poem that I wrote, um, Life's an adventure, ready for taking, and then it goes on from there. And and I and I believe that that all those paths that we went down before, regardless of what we were feeling, they were adventures uh, where learning happened. And but he but Bill says before and after. So what is that before and after? And when I think this this is saying to me this morning that I'm being guided to to think through this as I learn is that before and after that spiritual awakening and what the after's life in the spiritual awakening is okay I got plans today God but what are your plans for me you know what's your will for me today I want your will I want your will in all things for me because I know you want nothing but good for me I know you, you love me completely and let me experience that love by, by serving others and, and doing what you would have me do today and guiding my, my thoughts and my thinking. And, and I've got the action part only because you've given it to me, God. And the, it, it's got to be total surrender of myself. Um, that's all I've got. Thanks, and I passed. Thank you, Mary Kay. And um, Rock, uh, no, Sally A., please go ahead. Sally, are you there? 
Press star one. I'm right here. I'm sorry. I thought I had unmuted myself, Kathy. Um, it's Sally A. in South Jersey, recovered compulsive overeater. Um, so I love going after all these people because you guys have done a great job of really flushing out this paragraph. And, um, and so what I would like to say here is when it gives us the sentence or a description of the alcoholic, um, they're, they're kind of summing up everything that's been said to us in these chapters that are before um, in Doctor's Opinion. And Bill's story is fleshing out the description of the alcoholic. There is a solution, fleshes it out. Um, on page 22, in there is a solution. I love this top paragraph, one of the stories, um, how it, it really gives us a beautiful description. of. And let me just read this little piece to you. As a matter grows worse, he begins to use a combination of high-powered sedatives and liquor to quiet his nerves so he can go to work. Then comes the day when he simply cannot make it and gets drunk all over again. And it goes on to say, this is by no means a comprehensive picture of the true alcoholic, as our behavior patterns vary. But this description should identify him roughly. And I love that this piece of the uh, literature because it's talking about how we, in the past, we used a high-powered sedative. And for us, the high-powered sedative that we use for life was food. And that was the description for me. I wanted to use food. And interestingly, okay, I don't use a high-powered sedative anymore. I don't use the sugar. I don't use the flour. There's always that part of me that's moving forward to, I'm always deciding, will I use a different high-powered sedative? For me, right now, I'm looking closely at the television again. Like, not that I'm watching so much television, but I'm constantly having my mind wanting to find some kind of safety in anything other than turning to my higher power. I'm finding that this is my life, that for me, it's not just about the high-powered sedative of the food. It's about my willingness to turn to my higher power. And here we see in this paragraph a summation, again, of what it's about for all of us, whether we turn to a high-powered sedative of alcohol or drugs or food. These are really high-powered Sedative sugar is a very high-powered sedative. Or whether or not I'm willing to turn on a daily basis to my relationship with a higher, higher power. That's what it's telling me here, that I'm an alcoholic, that I have been in my life turning to high-powered sedatives, yes, sugar, that I could not manage my own life, yes, I admit it. That's step one, that probably no human power could have relieved my problem, that I have a decision to make in step two, coming to believe, coming to be willing to trust, coming to believe that there, that there even is a higher power for me outside of me. And step three, that God could and would, if he were sought, if I would just turn to my higher power in prep, preparing me now to go forward as we are about to do here in the next paragraph, to move into step three. And so I'm so grateful that this program continues to be here to continue to bring me to a deeper level of step one and step two and step three as I again go through these steps because that's the beauty of the circle that is in this, this program that we have of continuing to grow deeper and deeper in this relationship with a higher power. Thanks for letting me share with that iPad. Thank you, Sally A. Um, Raquel, please go ahead. Yes, 
Hello, can you hear me? Yes, I can. Go ahead, Raquel. Uh, now I can't hear you. Are you there, Raquel? Hello. Hi. And please. Yes, thank you. Thank you very much for doing this service. And thank you, all my wonderful family online. I happen to have here in my hand this little red book with the original manuscript uh, of this, uh, of the how it works. And I'd just like to read this one sentence that comes after the three pertinent ideas. First of all, the three pertinent ideas are written with you, <laughs> that you are alcoholic and cannot, not we. And that you, you, that you, there was no human part that could relieve your alcoholism. So the language is a lot stronger. And now get this. After the three pertinent ideas, here's what it says. If you are not convinced on these vital issues, you ought to reread the book to this point or else throw it away. That's what it says in the original manuscript. Of course, they didn't put it inside the book that we have it in our hand now, you know, they kind of soften the language. We hope you are convinced and so on. I have to look back there and see. But I've been waiting for this paragraph all along because I love this. I love it. There is absolutely nowhere to go and travel if I'm not convinced about these three pertinent ideas. I really have to go back to the beginning of the book or throw the book away because it's not going to help me. If I have not made this admission, these three admissions, and really decide to turn my life over to God, not that I can at this point really do it, but just to decide that this is the path I chose for better or for worse, that I'm going to go for broke, but I'm going to do this and do these steps, then I really ought to throw the book away. You know, that's not for me. Go find another Weight Watchers, Abramson. There are all kinds of things here now going on. Every day there's another thing on television, uh, another thing on the Internet. Oh, now we know. Here there are those patches you put on and then you don't create the food. I want to tell you, my dear friends, I've come back now from an operation. I've been out of the house from, from Sunday till now Thursday. I'm in bed, in my bed finally. I don't know if I stayed with that family and needed to stay near the hospital where this doctor is to check me before he let me go uh, home to Jerusalem. I don't know if I would have survived with all the things that were in that house. God arranged for me exactly what I need for now until better days come, until my spiritual awakening is on a higher level. But right now, I need to be like at the beginning, at the stir, um condition where I don't have in my house anything that I can go for other than stand in the middle of the kitchen and call on God to hold me because there's nothing else that is going to relieve any kind of anxiety, fear, what have you. So I'm very grateful. Thank you for being there. And I said, I'm not throwing the book away. I'm going on. Thank you so much. And Thank I said, Raquel. Okay, is there anyone else who wants to share on this paragraph? Janice Larry? M. Janice Janice M. Maryland. 
Janice M. Larry K. Rochelle in Maryland. Rochelle in Maryland. Did you hear Vasa O? Vasa O. Alice M. Alice M. Okay. Anybody else? Okay, let's go with those. Janice M., Larry K., Rochelle, Vasa O., and Alice M. Please go ahead, Janice. Well, good morning to you, Kathy K. This is, and everyone, this is, a, uh, my name is Janice M., and I'm a, a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater for today. Um, it says three pertinent, pertinent ideas. Now, I've read this paragraph umpteen times, and I always thought, oh, one, two, three, the first three steps. But to me, we're not at step three yet. We're only, we're right on the cusp of going into step three. So what has to happen in my mind before I make a decision? This is how I read it, and it took me many years to understand this. This is how I I, I believe the recovered person explained it to me. I have to realize at this point that, you know, that I am a compulsive overeater due to, like it was said, the, the reading and the studying of the chapters before, of the doctor's opinion, of the, um, more about alcoholism, uh, the story about Bill, and um, the agnostic. Now, you know, I have to say, gee, I am a compulsive overeater. I, you know, I know that I'm a compulsive overeater now, even because when I'm abstinent, I can't manage my own life. And that's what the first step taught me, that I'm powerless over whatever, over the food, and I cannot manage my own life. So the first step, that first idea is, for me, I have to be convinced that, you know, that I'm powerless. That's all it has to, has to say, that now I'm convinced that I'm powerless after umpteen years. Now, I also, in that very first step, if I'm powerless, then no power, there's no human power. Um, that can um, restore me to sanity. I mean, no human power can fix my powerlessness. So that's still step one, you know, for me. Um, that that's that I'm powerless. I'm powerless. So now step two says, well, that a higher power, they call it God. I call my higher power God. Can and will, if I'm willing to believe, that's going to be the solution. So if I'm power, I'm powerless, that's the problem. The solution is, is the power. Now, if I'm really convinced of this, then I will be at step three. I'm not at step three yet. I have to have these prerequisites. You know, before you go to high school, you have to go through grades one through six, one through, you know, whatever the high school is. Before college, I have to complete high school. So this is why, you know, when it was read about the manuscript, if I'm not convinced at this point, I can't, how can I make a decision? <laughs> if I'm not convinced that I really want to go to Aruba and, you know, oh, well, I do or I don't, how can I make a decision to go? So this is what it says to me. Um, these are the step, step one brought me to the realization that my, I'm powerless and unmanageable. You know, step two that no human power, and then step two gave me the solution to my problem that I need a power, and then I can even consider step three. And with that, I pass. Thanks.
Thank you, Janice. Uh, Larry Kay, please go ahead. Thanks, Kathy. Thanks so much for your service. Larry Kay, Recovered Compulsive Reader from Chicago. Um, you know, point B is, is, uh, is very, very important to me today. Um, we read this stuff a lot, but probably no human power could relieve us of our, of our alcoholism. Um, my actions would have told you that I didn't accept that yet, and thus I didn't recover. My actions would have told you I didn't accept that because I kept searching for that in a sponsor. I kept looking for who's it going to be today? Who's going to say the things? What human being is going to get me out of this jam? And all that happened is I kept sinking further and further in the jam. And I kept eating the jam over and over and over again, you know? And so the, the thing about it is for me, I, I don't, I know that I'm, that, that I'm a human power and I could not extricate myself from this quicksand. Anybody on the line here is also a human power, and I respect everyone on the line here, and there's some people that have tremendous, tremendous recovery. I can hear it in their voices. I can see it in their eyes when I meet them. And maybe they haven't picked up the food in, in, in a long, long time. But the thing is, they're also a human power. All they're doing is, is maybe, maybe guiding me through some steps. They've heard some things. They've practiced some things. They've had their own experiences, and they share that with me, and that's terrific. But God could and would if you were sought. I'm not the higher power. You're not the higher power. Your sponsor, your sponsor will never extricate you from this. You know, if, if there's one thing that I, that I you know, perhaps uh, I don't regret it, but I, I, that I want to impress upon anyone is, no human power will relieve you of this. If you are a compulsive overeater, you can call me, you can call, pick somebody, pick somebody that, wow, they really say something that, that, that touches me. Guess what? There's still a human power. They can't relieve you of this. They can't relieve you of this. They can support you. They can guide you. They can light that, that lantern you know, and, and we can sort of take the steps and, and light up that pathway, as I've heard other people say, but they are not your human power. So you can keep searching or you can, you can turn, you can pivot towards a, the higher power of your own understanding, not a human power, something outside a human power, has to be outside a human power for me. Um, and I'll just wrap up by saying, that if, uh, if I didn't do that, I wouldn't be alive today. With that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thank you, Larry Kay. And Rochelle, please go ahead. Good morning. This is Rochelle from Maryland. Thank you for your service. And uh, hello to everybody on the line. Uh, what I want to say is to the benefit of those people who are listening and, and are having difficulty, and that is, um, I want to deal with step one in A, where it says that we were alcoholic and could not manage our own lives. <sighs> I used to have arguments with my sponsor when I first started. What do you mean I can't manage my own life? I, you know, I take care of the laundry, I make meals, I go shopping, I, you know, I have a husband, and, you know, we're happily married and have raising children. What do you mean I can't realize, manage my own life? What I didn't realize was that I could only manage my own life in between food. You know, and um, but that food controlled so much of my life that the uh, it's like 
uh, I guess, the commercials in between a television program, you know, like uh, it was so domineering that it was the, the, the life part of it was like sandwiched in between these small segments of what am I going to eat, what am I going to eat, is there enough food, etc. So if you're convinced that you're managing your own life and you're saying, what is this talking about, I'm not crazy, um, I suggest you think about your time period during the time you're awake to the time you go to sleep at night, how much time are you managing your life and how much time just thinking about your food control your life so i think that might help you realize that you know what there's a problem here you know so with that i pass thank you rochelle and um let's see vasa oh you're next yes thank you good morning everyone kathy thank you very much for your service and i am Grateful recovering compulsive overeater calling from Foxborough, Massachusetts. And uh, again, I had the gift of desperation. This was my last stop. And this, when my life started beginning coming to Overeaters Anonymous, I felt like there was nothing more else to try out there in the world that I tried. Nothing worked. So I just thank God that I was brought into Overeaters Anonymous. And, uh, uh, Again, a person brought me in, um, um, you know, a friend, and she became my sponsor and told me I needed to find a power greater than myself. She would not, she could not be that higher power, but she would support me going through the steps to the best of her ability. So I, I you know, I admitted I was um, a food addict, you know, whatever you want to call it. And uh, uh, but I did have a problem about the unmanageability of the, with the step, step, the first step. We were I was food addict. I could not manage, but I could not manage my life. I that was really hard for me to do. I had three kids. I had a house. I I mean I I was juggling so many things. How could somebody tell me I couldn't manage my life? I was such a perfectionistic person, you know. But most of my time was taken up with the food, thinking about it, when I'm going to eat, how I'm going to eat, you know, cooking, baking, you know, took a lot of time of my time. So I was ready to admit that I was powerless over the food. Nobody had to convince me about that. I knew that. I tried to manage it for many, many, many years, and I couldn't do it. And that probably no human power could have relieved our my food addiction, and that was true. A lot of the doctors told me, Gloria Stevens, Weight Watchers, they told me how to do it. I couldn't do it, you know. So uh, I needed to find a power greater than myself, and I was willing and I was ready. And I said, "I, I, I will, you know, surrender. I will surrender to God. I don't care how many times, as long as I don't have to do it to myself, or I'll surrender to the program, the 12 Steps. So I'm just so grateful this book was given to me. And I started with the big book. I didn't know so much. I didn't know about the physical allergy. I didn't know about the mental obsession. Uh, you know, I've learned that it's all here. And if I got it, anybody can get it. I, didn't, I could hardly even speak English. I was looking up words and I was asking questions. And it's amazing. This is the only thing that has worked for me. And I have that higher power in my life today, every day, and with everything, not with just the food, with everything. Thank you, and I pass.
Thank you, Vasa O. And Alice M., you'll be our last share today. Thank you, Kathy. This is Alice M., a compulsive eater and bulimic in Florida. And we're told um, early on that we choose a God of our own understanding, whatever higher power that is. And, um, and uh, you know, for me, the words God and Him, um, higher power with capital H and P, um, they, don't, they don't fit into the way I believe. So here's another um, excerpt, another opportunity for me to put, put in a secular context um, these words. And this simply makes it clearer for me. You know, it's, it's easier to bring my own spiritual meaning into this section then. And um, I just want to, you know, just bring into the, you know, in, in AA Comes of Age, written in 1957, um, Bill there is talking about how um, there was an uproar in the community at the time because some Buddhists wanted to change the word God to good, adapt the steps that way. And, and there were some, um, literalists who were saying it's watering down the program, you can't do it, and Bill, you know, calmed that that voice and and reminded people, you know, that um, he said, I quote it here, uh, but here we must remember that AA steps are suggestions only. A belief in them as they stand, in other words, as they are written, is not at all a requirement for membership among us. So he encouraged people to, you know, change it around, do what you do, need, use it as a template, um, um, make it meaningful to you. So this section for me, um, I even I even need to look at the the first little paragraph, our description of the alcoholic, the chapter to the agnostic, and our personal adventures before and after. I even take out that part, the chapter to the agnostic, because that that doesn't make anything clearer for me. So I see it as our description of the alcoholic and our personal adventures before and after make clear these three pertinent ideas. First one, a I'm fine with that. You know that we were alcoholic and could not manage our own lives. I was a rip-roaring, down-the-gutter, food addict bulimic. Could not manage my life. Very clear. Um, B, that probably no human power could have relieved our alcoholism. And thank you, Bill, for putting probably there because that keeps the door open there. Because um, for me, it's uh, I rely on a lot of human power. And, and we can't, you know, we have to be careful with telling people, you know, you can't, you have to, you can't, you have not, you know, you have to, all this stuff. Cause that's, that's, feels a little imposing to um, people. That's kind of imposing your belief system um, on people. And, and I don't do that. We don't do that in this program. So B, instead of that probably no human power could have relieved our alcoholism, to make that part meaningful to me, I look at it as that probably no personal effort could have relieved our alcoholism. No personal effort on my part alone. This one human being alone. Um, and then C, that God could and would if he were sought. And I see that as um, that external spiritual guidance could and would if it were sought. So, um, you know, we decide what it is and then we go and, and seek that. Um, and so that's how, you know, and then we're, at, then we're at step three. You know, steps one and two are the reflection steps. You know, they're the mental steps of the program. And then um, step three, you know, it's all about action, decision, and deliberate action. Um, and I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Alice. Um, okay, um, let's see. It's now time to close the meeting. Um, thank you, everyone, who has shared. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Deanna B., would you please 
read a vision for you? Uh, did I was unmuting? Did you call me, Kathy? Yes, I did. Okay, thank you. My name is Deanna B. Uh, I'm a grateful recoverer just for today, compulsive reader. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of a happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then. Thank 